Welcome to episode 88, Crazy 88. Crazy 8s, that was a game, right? Yeah, I think so. Is it a card game? I think so. Yeah. Of Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, which is not a card game, but it is a game. (laughs) It's a game of survival in which life, the government, and it looks like medicine will now try to kill you, and you get to roll your dice and move your mice and try to survive while the government tries to kill you for money. Murder for money. Yeah. Tonight's episode, Murder for Money. I like it. Episode of what? What is our sh- what is our show? Well, they would always have that like in the 70s and like cop shows. Like, I went on a there was a period after I got out of the military that I was couch surfing, and I would watch afternoon TV and um, there was a show called Barnaby Jones. I've heard of it. And they would always have these title cards after the the credits, and it would be all tonight's episode murder go round. <laughs> you know, it always plays on like death. That's you funny. Know, death circus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sing a song of murder. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so things are getting crazy. What do you think's uh, going on with China and Taiwan? What do you think will happen? I should say. You know, we inter- we we inter- we listened to um, some people last night, and I and I've heard this kind of. There's two camps in the China war. Um. There are people that say, boy, you should really watch what's going on because I think it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group, and, and sometimes these are like people that have been in the military, uh, you know, or have that sort of background, and they come in and say, well, you know, logistically, China can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that that concerns me. Like a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't have the sea lift capability to move troops. And it is true. You know, water is this huge navigable obstacle that requires a lot of effort to get people across and everything like that it's just like yeah but you know anytime an empire has said oh we can't be attacked surprise hannibal in northern italy with elephants elephants oh my gosh yeah you know like it's it's you should never like whenever anybody says you know hey this can't happen because of this well, then the enemy is probably sitting there going, great, they think that can't happen because of this. Let's get Wang on it. You know, like Wang, the guy who, General Wang, the guy who figures everything out. Let's make it happen. And so, like, I don't know, are they going to invade on an army full, uh, 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 a flotilla full of kayaks? Are they going to, like, red dawn and jump out of the one of 40 air, uh, commercial air um uh, flights between China and the mainland, every between Taiwan and the mainland every day. You know, like if you put me in charge of that problem, I would think up a way to make that happen. If they said, um, "Oh yeah, we can't do it because of sea lift capabilities," well, you can do it. There's a way. Where there's a will, there where there's a whip, there's a way. Yeah, I mean, what is it that they're doing with the like planes? That's kind of. Mm, indicating that they're maybe going to do something. I mean, could they just simply do what missile strikes are the equivalent of? Yeah, I mean, they could. China could throw a tantrum right now because uh, things are not going home, uh, well at home domestically. So they're kind of possibly looking for an incident in which they could shoot up Taiwan just to let people know and to project strength. I think what was interesting is the Russian foreign secretary came out today and said that Taiwan is a part of China. That was an interesting move. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a big game. I don't know that China is really willing to commit to 
total war, which is what you really have to anticipate getting involved in if you get involved in Taiwan. Having said that, it is it is <clears throat> it is the corn pop and Kamala show. Yikes. And Kamala, who's in charge of the border, is doing a bang up job. As in nothing. As in nothing. <laughs> so you can tell like if if you're you know, if you're if you're Wang and G and Ping Ping, the generals, uh, over there in China. And uh, Fu, it's probably a guy named Fu, F-U. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, you're sitting around, you know, you gotta, you're doing your odds, you're doing your risk assessment. Um, you're probably like, you know, well, you're looking at Kamala and like, well, we could probably roll her, but if she gets in charge, she might want to project strength and roll us. And you know, the big thing is, and I, I, I know we have a lot of bad generals right now, but I do. I do hope we have some some real warmongers, some real savages, and 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 usually I think the military leaves those guys around. At least in my experience, you know sometimes those guys got other kinds of jobs or shelved or whatever. But at the end of the day, the military always needed to know that they needed the Patton, they needed the savage, the guy who wasn't going to play political, and the guy who was like, you know, what we need is no holds bar, toe to toe nuclear combat with Russia. Which is basically what got Patton fired after conquering Germany, mm. you know. So those guys are sitting around. So in a Kamala scenario, the worst thing that can happen to the Chinese is Kamala, who is purely a 100% political animal, turns around and tells the generals, "Go Roman," and the generals go Roman, and they just light up the East, China's western seaboard with nukes, yeah. and then basically sink all our commercial shipping with fighter strikes and submarines and then basically you just knock China back 50 years and China has a lot of problems and one of their problems is manpower right now they're having you know huge they have a huge birth rate problem they have a huge um, financial sort of meltdown going on and and they they don't want to erase their gains they're like that guy at the gym they don't want to erase the gains <laughs> so do do you take the chance that Kamala flips you know, and, and calls one of the savages, uh, you know, to the bullpen, out of the bullpen. And that guy like goes, hey, let's just nuke him, you know, because that's the only thing you're going to do. And, and there is, you know, those nukes are there for a reason. And that's the reason. Yeah. So you can tell what kind of general I am. <laughs> I'm savage. I'm, I'm general zero forethought, you know, <laughs> long term consequences. I'm like, hey, you got nukes. Let's use them. <laughs> I like the way Trump differentiated the the bad generals from the good generals, which was basically the TV generals. Most of the TV yeah. generals are the bad ones, but most of the other ones probably tend to be pretty good. Yeah. You know? Those guys usually get shelved somewhere or, you know, they stay in SOCOM or, you know, they, they're, they're, they're the guys usually commanding the line in units or or whatever. But everybody knows who, who the real soldiers are and everybody knows who the political people are. And the political people are the ones that get to be in charge and do all these things until everybody freaks out, until it goes sideways. And then, yeah, you, you do have to call up your savages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, so we shall see what happens. But, like, even Dan Bongino was saying he thinks it could potentially be World War Three if China does <clears throat> attack Taiwan. So I thought I that was pretty all that, major. All that, all that China needs is a bit of ingenuity, and I'm sure that China has that ingenuity because they are – they are very ingenious when they want to get up to trouble. Um, hence why, you know, nine-tenths of our intellectual property that we've spent, you know, our civilization developing, they own. 
and have stolen. So they're, they're very ingenious. So I wouldn't basically say, oh, China can't sea lift and therefore Taiwan is invulnerable. I'm like, mm, they could do it on jet skis if they wanted to. Is it possible that any country might help China in that endeavor, like Russia or something, do you think, or no? Russia would help. All, all China's partners would be against her. Um, Vietnam and North Korea don't want a powerful China because they don't like mm-hmm. being dictated to by China. Um, China has threatened to nuke Japan. It's threatened... Like, if you kind of look at it in a certain way, China's doing a lot of battlefield prep. It's threatened the Australians. It's yeah. threatened the Koreans. It's threatened the Japanese and... And those are the people really, but now you see this new sort of UK, America, Japan, Australia defensive pact literally moving four carriers into the region. The Japanese have their first carrier in like 60 years. Mm. And, and you know, they're, you know, they're, they're definitely indicating they're willing to do something. Um, my feeling is that it will be over whatever it is. It will be over very, very quickly for whoever the winner is. Mm. And Japan, uh, China has a few cards to play. They have supposedly this um, supersonic torpedo that supposedly defeats sort of defensive systems. Is that true? A lot of the times China builds stuff that doesn't work. (laughs) You know, so like they had this stealth jet that didn't stealth. (laughs) <laughs> and they've only got one carrier, one operational carrier. So, um, and carriers are a big, you know, whatever, however you want to play the game, carriers are carriers. They project strength, but they're also really great platforms. So I don't know, but whatever, I have a feeling that whatever happens, it'll happen quickly because neither side is in, in interested in a mainland invasion. Yeah. So I don't think China like ever, you know, hey, but then again, they could be doing that like, you know, surprise, haha, we take the West Coast. Um, you know, with, with, I mean, the reality is they could have, they have, you know, like just looking around Southern California, I have no doubt that a large section of the population, Chinese population that we work with, are operatives for the CCP. Um, there's no reason that you couldn't has, have a SF in there with that. There's no reason that those container ships and even those, those you know, freighters couldn't actually, you know, be units that could disrupt the West Coast and blah, 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 and, like, take the focus off of Taiwan. When you're playing these games, you really have to be like, anything's possible. And if you're playing to win, you have to manufacture the impossible. So all of those things could happen. It's a very interesting time. But I don't think anybody's serious about a sustained, full-on invasion. I do think, like, if I was, if I was, you know, if I was working for the other side... And I mean our side, the elites and the techs and those kind of people, I would really be making a case to Google, to Microsoft and to Amazon saying, listen, your best bet is for the occupation of China, because that gives you access to the Chinese markets and it gives you access to Chinese production. And so what you really need to do is what we really need to do is drum up a Spanish-American style war style you know, reason, a sinking of the main for for a coalition U.S. force to, like, invade China and take it over and turn over all the cities to big tech. And then you guys would really profit and everything like that. And who knows? That may be... I mean, there definitely was some sort of schism. Um, schism? Schism. Schism. Schismatic? Schematic? Schematic. But that's not really the same word. Schismatics. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with <laughs> okay. you. But, yeah, kind of same letter combination there was some sort of schism between the new world order and Xi 
when Soros and G basically started calling each other names. Yeah. And I just figured, like, oh, well, they all work together, and now they, they sense that someone... It's very, like, you know, it's it's kind of the conversation of this winner-take-all, or this uh, this debate about a national divorce and a civil war and going places and everything like that. And it's like, you just have to understand when you play with these people who are power-hungry, they don't ever envision a scenario where they have to share with you. They envision a scenario where you're dead and it's winner-take-all. So there will be no national divorce. The closest you're going to get to that is... The resumption, excuse me, I had a little red-eye burp there from the Starbucks red-eye with a pump of pumpkin spice in it. Very good, nice and black and roasty this afternoon, this windy autumnal afternoon in the Orange County foot, foothills. Um, the There there is no sharing. There, like So a scenario where there is sharing is the resumption of the Constitution, federalism, and the strengthening of states' rights. Now, that battle's actually happening today because um, the Saki bomb, and mm-hmm. literally, she's a bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's terrible at her job, the little commie. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically came out and said that, you know, we all know today because Abbott said, uh, you know, there will be no vaccine mandates in Texas or businesses that do uh, business with Texas. They won't, they won't be able to have or support a vaccine mandate. So Saki Bomb comes out in her infinite marketing wisdom. She's not a lawyer. She's not a politician. She's a marketeer. And she's actually backed some really garbagey stuff, including that Facebook whistleblower. So she says, we all know that federal rights trump states' rights. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you've never actually taken civics or government. Yeah. No, states' rights always trump federal. Yeah, they're supposed to anyway. Yeah. I mean, I know they would like it to be the other way, but that's not the way it is. They just say what they want, mm-hmm. and then they tell you that that is either the law or it's some sort of, like, moral righteousness. Like, but these are people who don't have any morals. They just yeah. decide that, like, whatever they want is the morally right thing. And so they, they tell you that abortion is a blessing and a sacrament and like just all these terrible things. It's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's one of the hardest things to sort of fight this infection of social left communism overstate. And I don't even think it's any of that. I think it's just pure power, you know, power hungry, but like it's a group of people that never even fight by any rules or their own rules and everything is politically expedient. I think the ultimate weakness is what we're seeing right now is that the 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 people that they are trying to tyrannically rule over kind of are in the we've had it, that's enough mode, and we're now going to quote unquote defund you. And so now you're seeing the rise of we will not comply. We will not comply. That will defang them. That will that will move them to the totalitarian step where they will have to do the Jerry Maguire thing, where they will have to say, these Southwest Airline pilots are all racist, bigot, domestic terrorists. Come on, guys, let's get them. And everybody's like, no, they're not. You're terrible. You know, and, and I think that moment is coming if we all hold the line. So we have to encourage those who are doing that. We have to support them. Support them with your money. If there's a business that's not complying, go buy something from them and pay them double. It'd probably make their day. Um, I've done that. It, it really, it really means a difference to people. Um, support, you know, like it, it, don't comply. 
Don't do there. There is no mandate. There is no law. Like we discussed yesterday, um, they won't tell you what the metrics are for us getting out of masks or not having mandates because they're never are. You're never getting out of it. If they have their way, you will be doing this five years from now. You will be doing this ten years from now. Your family will not be able to come to your funeral or see you in your home, your 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 social security, you know, government block housing, nursing home, because you know you are COVID forty six positive, <laughs> and you're there losing your marbles begging to hold your granddaughter because you haven't held anybody for two years. And some, you know, Orwellian overstate thug is is preventing, you know, your granddaughter from from saying goodbye to you. And and she's going to live with that scarring for the rest of life. I mean, like, really, we're reaching this moment where these people need to be taken out and hung. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. What do you think about all the flight stuff? Did we talk about that yesterday? Well, if you will hold the mic, I will pull up a little uh, inside information that I received today. Oh, interesting. From, Our very uh, own in- So, okay. there there are those things that are going on, but basically, it's worth considering that possibly government and medicine aren't necessarily doing that. They have a different agenda for everybody's health goal. All they would have to frame it as is like, "Hey, we have a, a way for everybody to have better health." And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. We all want universal health care and better health and everything like that. And they're like, yeah, but we didn't tell you it's killing about 50% of the elderly population because they're really dragging down our medical resources. That's kind of how socialism thinks. And that's not made up. You can look at the history of socialism, the history of communism. They made decisions like this en masse to kill those who did not support their vision of utopia and to do it under the guise of some sort of weird compassionism. Yeah. And obviously, like, it seems as though the way that they're doing it, because you're like, how could that many people be in on it? Well, it seems as though, because we've listened to a lot of interviews of actual doctors, nurses, you know, hospital workers, is that um, it's coming from high up. And we've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, we've repeatedly um, heard people say, like, it's weird. The orders are coming from higher up the chain to do these things that we here at the bottom are saying these are killing people. Yeah. And the other thing that they're doing is um, basically like threatening the doctors and the nurses with their medical licenses if they don't use the official, um, you know, you can prescribe this and you can do this, but you can't use, you know, ivermectin or, you know, things that are Yeah, we've had two conversations with doctors and like, Literally, it was like you you slaughtered a lamb in front of them, mentioning ivermectin, and they recoiled in physical horror from wanting to even, like, they would not even entertain the discussion. Mm-hmm. They do this, what I call, stupid foreigner thing. So, like, people who come to America when they don't want to do things that you ask them to do or they don't want to obey or whatever, they suddenly don't speak English. It happens a lot with, like, Asian culture yeah. in Southern California. They they, uh, they they do speak English. They totally speak it. But they're like, oh, I don't understand. Well, it's, yeah. And sometimes I do it right back to him. Like, oh, I don't understand. We all do it. But that's the look that I've seen in these two doctors. Like, I, ivermectin? It's like, you know. But he tried to, like, the one that yeah. I'm thinking of that you mean, you know, he tried to be like, 
Well, you know, I'm not really involved in that because that's the very, you know, specifically the doctors that work with COVID. So I'm just, it's above my pay grade and I don't Yeah, but you got a script pad. Yeah. You can do it. You just don't want to do it because yeah. you're afraid because exactly. you're a gutless weenie. Well, and because literally they will come after doctors, like yeah. especially in states like ours, like California. Yeah. You know. Everybody is afraid. Like that's the thing that you need to make tyranny happen is to be afraid of, of, of your bowl of rice. And not losing it. But it's such a contrast. Um, we just, you know, recently had the anniversary of Black Hawk Down. And you look at Shugarth and Gordon, the two snipers who got the Medal of Honor, who went in there, went into a completely losing situation to rescue a pilot. And, I mean, it's it's a brutal account if you've never read it or if you've seen Black Hawk Down or whatever. But those guys weren't thinking about their bowl of rice they were thinking about protecting that pilot and doing what they could for the air crew. Um, they put themselves, you know, and that's that's why they're heroes. And that's why when you look at our culture, you have big corporate executives not wanting to lose their bowl of rice. So they just kowtow to the government. You have doctors not wanting to miss a payment on their BMW. Um, so they kowtow, but there are exceptions. There are heroic people mm -hmm. and those like, it's weird. Those are the people you've got to listen to because those are the people that are getting nothing out of this, that are walking away from their medical profession because something's not right. We just listened to a, um, anesthesiologist, rapper. respiratory therapist, but yeah. funny. Yeah. I also watched a thing this morning about an anesthesiologist that just got marched out of UCLA. Yeah. Um, for, but that, yeah, I saw yeah. that guy, you know, like yeah. these are people that are saying, I will miss my BMW payment. I will cast my family's fate to the wind, but what I'm not going to live with is you killing people in mass and having me sign off on it. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. And especially like, and, and, you know, just so you know, like, that is the birth of modern medicine. The birth of modern medicine is this guy who thought it would be a great idea if you washed your hands between surgeries. Yeah. And if you didn't use the same table to birth children on that you'd just done a corpse, uh, you know, autopsy, uh, autopsy on. Now, that guy went crazy. Like, he went nuts because, because he kept telling everybody, listen, you've got germs you got to wash your hands and no one would do it. But yeah. he is really in, in many ways, the father of modern, you know, medicine, because eventually people listened to him and things changed for people. Um, but always, you know, there, there, there are going to be those people that are willing, willing to do the right thing at cost, mm -hmm. just like Shugarth and Gordon, you know, doing the right thing at cost. And, and now that's how we're all going to have to be. I think in every life, this do not comply aspect is coming home to you. More and more people, and now we're entering family season for whatever that's worth, you know, where you're going to have the family member who's going to throw the fit if you don't comply, if you don't wear the mask, if you're not vaccinated. And they're going to use that emotional temper tantrum to, to, to force you to do what they want you to do. But literally it's not necessarily the vaccine and it's not necessarily COVID that's on the line here. It is freedom. And, and tyranny is crime scene number two crime scene. And we've talked about it, never go to crime scene. Number two crime scene. Number one is being forced to do something that you don't want to do. If you want to get the vaccine, I am 100% in favor of that. 
you have done your risk assessment. I do not know your medical health. Go for it. And and I'll do everything I can to help you. Um, I if, if you're against it, I, I want that. I want everybody to support that too. And I think that's what you're actually seeing with a lot of the Southwest pilots is a lot of them actually are jabbed, but they're locking shields with those who are saying, I'm not doing this. There are some problems. And if you look at what's happening to flight crews and like the amount of death that's happening and sudden death, there was a pilot who died uh, in the air mm-hmm. uh, coming, a Delta pilot, a Delta pilot uh, on the way into LA who died on the floor of the cockpit. Um, it's worth considering, but not just this, oh, you know, the and, and every time I see the mainstream media, this just mockery. You're all idiots. You're all dumb. You're all, you know, like, it, it's just so, it's so weird that they can't make a point without trying to humiliate everybody. And that kind of tells me that they don't have a point. They just have this sort of tribalism. My side's right. We want power. We're going to humiliate and shame everybody. And so that's where we're all entering that, you know, not to equate ourselves to Gordon and Shugarth or, or people who are really doing heroic things, but you're going to have your heroic moment where you're going to have to take your bowl of rice and set it aside in favor of freedom. Why? I think it's going to serve you in the long run, but there's a tomorrow if there's freedom. If there's no freedom, then there ain't no tomorrow worth having. And so that's that's what I would say today that, you know, consider that it's coming at you. You're going to have your black Black Hawk down moment. It, it may not be something like that. Hell, it may be. I don't know. Um, but you're going to have that moment where. And it, it's not an easy moment. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but you're going to have that moment where they say to you, oh, you, you want to lose all that you've built all that your education paid for, all that your work and sacrifice, you want to lose that because you want to make a statement here and you want to do this thing or, or you want to sign off on the papers. You want to get with the program. You know, you want to do what we're all doing. Otherwise, you're out. Or people that love their family members and are being held hostage and are being told, you'll have a lonely Thanksgiving because you don't want to get the vaccine. You know what? I've had a lot of lonely Thanksgivings. Those are actually the ones I remember. And they were great. And I went and worked in churches or I went down to the beach or I did whatever. And it was much better than being with a bunch of assholes who you call family members. Sorry, personal aside. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a really fun Thanksgiving by myself one year as well when I was in college. Either. Yeah, I was in college and it was so much fun and I still remember it. Yeah, yeah. it was it was not bad. But, you know, wrapping it up, I would say your moment's coming when you'll be asked to choose between, you know, uh, your bowl of rice and freedom. And, and that's, that's the difference. Like it it may, it may be the big moment and it may be a little moment, but if we all do it, it suddenly becomes a belt fed cacophonic loud crescendo of let's go Brandon. And that's the podcast.